There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Encourage somebody to say, it doesn't matter what it looks like, you are not forgotten. And tell them, in this new year, that's something you can take to the bank. Hallelujah. Did we have a time or what? If you were here for New Year's Eve, it is so good to see you at this early worship experience today, especially if you were there last night. Uh, when you when you when you're in ministry and you preach and stuff, even though you may be home at a certain time, you, you have to wind your spirit down and wind your body down. But thank God, I have been practicing. This is my 14th year in ministry, so I've been practicing. So I was able to cut it right off. So I'm well rested this morning, and there is a word for you today. Are you ready for it? Lift your Bibles high because I believe this is going to really help you and making sure that 2012 is not a repeat of 2011. There's nothing worse than seeing a bad movie twice. Yeah, doesn't that? Where on accident you see a bad movie twice? Because mm-hmm, you wouldn't go see it on your own. <laughs> Lift your Bibles out. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith, and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. Shout it. I am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. We welcome those at all of our campuses today. God is awesome. He is good. He's better than good. He's great. In, in, in the old school church, they used to say, ain't God all right? And I used to get so offended by that because all right means like, you know, well, how'd you like that food? It's all right. You know, so, I, you know, but, 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 but what they was trying to say is he's all right. Not all right. They were saying he's all right. 
So ain't God all right? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Let me teach y'all. Ain't God all right? Yes, he is. That's when you respond. So I'm going to give you one more again. Ain't God all right? Yep. Y'all sound like a... Like it's Harvest NBC. <laughs> Isaiah 43, verse 18, you got it? It is God talking, so you ought to take this pretty, pretty serious. Now, it's not in red because it's not Christ himself per se, but this is God talking. You ready? Do not. Now, now that means that's a commandment. He's not asking you. He's not making a suggestion to you. He told you, don't. And I like the Bible because it doesn't make it for any ambiguity. So he doesn't give you, don't. He says, do not. Do not remember the former things. All the failure. All the mistakes. All the accidents. All the times it didn't work. He says, don't even remember that stuff. Look at this. Watch this. Nor consider the things of old. What does that mean? While you're trying to move in a new year, don't even talk about last year. While you're trying to move into something new, don't even bring that up. Touch your neighbor and say, don't even bring that up. Behold, I will do a new thing. When are you going to do it? Now it shall spring forth. Not, not, not grow steadily. Not move up a little bit. Scripture says it's going to do what? Spring forth. Now watch God's question. Shall you not know it? God is saying, you're the only one trying to talk about last year. You're the only one sitting up trying to talk about what didn't work and how it went. And God said, I don't want to hear none of that. Look what he says. I'm so bad. This is what he said. I added that part. God says, I'm so bad. I'm going to make a road in the middle of the wilderness. That means when it feels like. You're in a situation where there is no way. God says that's because there wasn't. But I'm so bad, I'm going to make one in the middle of a place where there wasn't one. No, you ain't lying to say ain't no way out. You're right about that. But God says, I'm so bad, I'm going to make one. And I'm going to put a river in the desert. God, it just feels so dry. You ain't wrong about that. He just said, but I'm so bad, I'm going to put a river out there. Look at this, verse 20. The beast is going to get it. The jackal is going to get it too. Because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen people. In essence, what he's saying in verse 20 is, all the other animals get it. Why don't you get it? <laughs> Do not, verse 18, remember. Which means I have to consciously say to myself, why are you thinking about something you ain't supposed to be remembering? And then when I'm trying to make a decision for this year, I cannot take into account last year. <laughs> Father, let's get it started. Let's get favor started like never before. Let's see the 12 come in our lives, the government of God come in our lives. We thank you and we honor you. Thank you for letting us get past 2011 so we could stand in 12. Like that woman with the issue, thank you for 11 because it was 11 that prepared us for our 12. And we honor you for it now in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Touch two or three people before you take your seats and say, let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. 
They announced that to you right at the beginning of this worship experience. We're just going to get it started. Where? In here. We have all just been reloaded with a fresh year. That's 52 weeks, 365 days, 8,765.81277 uh, hours, 525,948.766 minutes, 31,556,926 seconds. You just got reset on all of that. Somebody say, it's new, and I know it. God has just hit the reset button on your life. And check this out. If you ever play video games, may, maybe you, you, didn't, you didn't have the modern stuff now, uh, and so maybe you played with Nintendo, and maybe you, you predate Nintendo where you didn't have that, but you had Atari. Uh, uh -huh, mm -hmm, you remember that Atari, don't you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, watch this. Watch this. Well, the way the games work now is that the games are constantly saving the progress you make as long as the progress you make is saved. You, you, it's so simple, you're going to miss it. As long as what you're doing, you hit save and quit, all of the progress you made while you were saved. God has hit the reset button on your life, and don't you think that that means you're losing progress? Since you've been putting God first, God says, I'm saving all of that progress. Because you were saved when you were making that progress. Somebody said, God, thank you for hitting reset in my life. We learned, we learned on New Year's Eve that biblical numerology is the study of the relationship between three things, the divine or God and a count or measurement and life. It is a trio, the study of the relationship between the divine, that's God, and a number or a count and life. Now, we learned yesterday on New Year's Eve that 11 means imperfect, it means disorganization, it means disorder, and it means chaos. And we learned that it is God's pattern to use chaos and disorder and imperfection to bring us into cosmos or the proper order. It's where everything is where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there. So God uses pressure and God uses stress and God uses mess to take you from a place called 11 into a place called 12. Say 12. Now, 12 in biblical numerology means the government of God. There were 12 tribes of Israel. There were 12 apostles. Here's, let me just make it very plain for you. What does 2012 hold in store for us? It's where God's running your life and you're enjoying the ride. God, I wish I had somebody that spoke the King's English and heard what I said. 2012 is where God's government is running your life and you ain't got to do nothing but sit back and enjoy the ride. Baby, you didn't been stressed out enough. You've been worried enough. You've been angry enough. In 2012, God's government is such that I just sit back and let him do what he does, how he do when he does it, when he does it. One year ago, I stood before you and said, this is your time and this is your moment. And I say that same thing again to you today. Now, your question is why? 2 Corinthians 5.17, write it down, answers why. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound like what we just read out of Isaiah? Behold, all things. Somebody say all things. Say it again, all things have become new. Now watch this. Do all things literally become new? Not necessarily. What becomes new is you. And when you're new, everything around you begins to modern. 
begins to take on a new mindset and a new look, which means you may still be dealing with the same situation you walked out of 2011 with, but why is it new? It's new because I look at it differently. And as long as I look at it differently, it's brand new to me. See, you may go get yourself a pre-owned car, but baby, as far as you're concerned, I got a new car. Why? Because while somebody else may have it, it's new for me, which means I may be dealing with some stuff from last year, but baby, I look at it differently, which means it has become new. Now, 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 since you're in Christ, every day you get a fresh start. Every day, the scripture says you get brand new mercy, which means uh, even though you acted real hellacious sometimes last year, God says, well, the, the good thing is, is I refill the mercy container. And you better be thankful he refilled that mercy container because had he not refilled that mercy container, you wouldn't even be sitting up in here this morning. The judgment that was due you would have came and knocked at your door. But some mercy blocked that. Some mercy stopped that. The stuff that should have killed you, God's mercy stopped that. When time and opportunity collide, you're living in what's called a kairos moment. In ancient Greek, which is our New Testament, Matthew through Revelation, we find that they had two words for time. The first was chronos, which meant sequential or chronological time. It was the natural progression of time. Here's chronos. One, finish it. Two, finish it. Three, finish it. Four, it was quantitative time. It was the ability to count from one to two to three and so on. But then they had another word in ancient Greek for time, which was kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. It means the appointed time in the purpose of God. While chronos is quantity, kairos is quality. I need you to get that. While chronos is quantity, kairos is quality, which means if I have more kairos than I do chronos, it doesn't really matter because I had a better quality than I did quantity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here's, a, here's what kairos is really saying. Kairos is, is saying that's a wrap, while at the same time it's saying action. No, 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 no. Somebody's going to get this. As we begin this new year, putting God first on the first day of this new year, what we're saying is that's a wrap to the chaos, disorder, and confusion where we were. And at the same time, we're saying action to God running my life and me enjoying the ride. We've decided to move from chaos, confusion, and disorder in 2011 to God running our lives and us enjoying the ride. Now, check this out. Here's, here's how it works because we always get very excited when a new year comes. We say, this is it. This is happening. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And let me charge you with something. Quit out all them resolutions. If you started a resolution list, go shred it. You ain't got no shredder. I just got a wonderful, beautiful shredder that shreds marvelously. I tell you, that thing shreds stuff in a little piece like little confetti when it gets done shredding. I will help you shred them resolutions. Because what resolutions do is set you up for failure. And then by the time you come around to Easter, you don't even remember what it is you said you resolved to do. Don't do all that. No, what you need to do is decide every day I'm making a decision that God's running my life and I'm going to enjoy the ride. Which means I'm not going to try to plan this thing out for a full 12 months. I'll tell you what I am going to do. Today's the first. So I'm going to maximize the first. And when I get to the second, I'm going to maximize the second. Here's what happens. Every year, we start getting old mail from a previous year. What, what, what do you mean by that, Bishop? Uh, uh, let me help you understand something. Uh, if you were to move into a new home, and you got a piece of mail that belonged to the former owner, you wouldn't open it because it's clear 
this doesn't belong to me. While I'm at this address, whom this is addressed to is not moi. Which means I don't open it, I don't accept it, but I write one thing on it. Return to... There's some stuff that 2011 is going to try to bring up in 2012. And when it tries to show up, you got one thing to write on that. When your bad attitude tries to pop, when lack tries to show up, when depression tries to show up, why? That person no longer lives at this address. Why? Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, how many things? Have become what? No, which means that don't belong to me. That debt, that don't belong to me. Not having, that don't belong to me. Dysfunction in my home, that doesn't belong to me. Dysfunction with my kids, that doesn't belong to me. You got to be like the post office and return that stuff to the sender. We ended our New Year's Eve teaching discussing how the woman with the issue of blood issues were healed in the what? Twelfth year. And we ended talking about there are four things that we do to our issues. You remember the first one? We repeat them. That's where we engage in the cycles of life because many people have been wrong for so long that it becomes right. And so we begin to say things like, I'm working on it, which is really just an excuse. And we decided at New Year's Eve that 2012 is going to be a year where we what have no more excuses. We do what we want when we want to do it. So to say I'm working on something is to really say it ain't that important to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't, don't ever let anybody, don't anybody give you and sell you a bill of goods full of excuses. Why don't you get that done? I did just say because you didn't want to. Just tell me because it wasn't important enough for you to do. I'm going to hear all the rest of that. The second thing we do with our issues is we deny them and we play the bang game where it's everybody else. We play the Adam game. God, it ain't me. But Adam, didn't I leave you in charge? I know, but it ain't me. See, see, if you, if you came up on, on the east side of the Mississippi, when you were the oldest child, everything that happened while you were there, maybe you didn't even have to grow up on the east side of the Mississippi. Did they do that around this region here? If you were the oldest child in the house at the exit of, of the mother or the father or whoever, you were responsible for everything going on up in that house. And so you didn't get to say, well, mama so-and-so, mama didn't want to hear all that. Didn't I leave you in charge? That's what God says to you about your life. I don't want to hear all that. Didn't I leave you in Genesis 1.26? Let us make man in our own image and let him have dominion, rule. Let him handle his business. So we, 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 we deny them and play the blame game. It's everybody else. That's not true. So quit doing that. Can I just give it to you real? You don't need no 12 steps to quit denying. Just stop it. People get me, I just need 12, just help me walk it out. No, just quit lying. And then, I can't help you if you're going to live in denial. You can't help somebody who don't think they got a problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You ever try to help somebody that, that think you're the one with the problem? And everybody could, matter of fact, they sent you to be the intervener. And they convinced they ain't got a problem. You can't help nobody believe they have a problem. Third thing we do is we spiritualize our problems. So we say things like, God knows my heart. 
He knows. And, and that's true. He's the only one that knows. Scripture says your heart, your mind, your will is deceitfully wicked. Above what? Everything. Who can know it? That's why you can't let it. I just feel in my heart. Then you're going to make a horrible decision. Can, can I tell you something? If, if, that's, if that's the precursor to something you're saying, you are going to ruin your life. Now, I need to help you because some of y'all got decisions you got to make this year, and I need you to understand something. If you, I just, in my heart, you finna mess it up. God, I never asked you nothing about your heart. How you feel about that? What you think? I don't read nowhere in the scripture he say that. Nowhere. He didn't say to Noah, no, how do you feel about building this ark? I mean, like, tell me what's going on in your mind. Like, how, like, what are you thinking? When I said go get gopher wood and do this and do that, and I talked to you about rain, even though you didn't even know what rain was because y'all didn't experience rain because I let a mist come up from the earth. How do you feel about that? I mean, like, what did you think? He, he, look, look here. He, he ain't asking all that. Got it? Because in 2012, God says, my government's running your life. Which means what God is saying is you stepping out of a system called the world system and stepping into a system called the kingdom system. How's the kingdom work? Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom. What's the kingdom? It's God's way of doing things. God is saying in 2012, I want you to do it the way I tell you to do it because I told you to do it that way. And we ain't having no discussion about why you want to do it your way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you remember growing up and you said, well, why I got to do that? Remember, if, if there's some stuff, you didn't get no explanation. Some stuff you were told because I said so. God says there's some stuff you got to do in your life. And God says we ain't having no discussion about it. Put them tissues away. I'm not talking to you about it. It ain't no discussion. This ain't no democracy. I'm not voting on this. God said I told you to do it. And I gets up and makes it happen. That's the government of God. The government of God is God. You say do, you say move, and I move just like that. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Last thing we ended on is, we, is we, we talked about the fact that we can deal with our issues. We call that a come to Jesus meeting. And I said to you, I don't want to give you a false hope or anticipation because notice this woman had to break out of her comfort zone into a place called new. Say new. Say new thing. She had to get out of her comfort zone. And I need to tell you, if you're thinking God's just going to do all of this stuff for you in 2012, I need to tell you, you misheard me yesterday. And if you think I'm saying that today, I need to tell you, you misheard me today. It's going to require you stretching yourself. Even when it don't feel like you can be stretched anymore. I'm here to tell you, you know you're really growing and becoming more spiritual and closer to Jesus when you got a lot of spiritual stretch marks. When you got a lot of spiritual stretch marks, you know you're growing closer to Jesus. Jesus never would give someone an instruction that did not pull them out of their comfort zone. So what does he say to Peter? He says to Peter, come on. Now, those couple of words, come, come on, depending on which translation you're looking at, you think, oh, that's not a big deal. But it's a huge deal if you ain't never walked on water. It's a small command, but it's huge if you've never done it. And not only have you never done it, you don't have any point of reference to say, well, this is how so-and-so did it. That's why God says, I'm breaking you out of the dysfunction of your bloodline, and I'm breaking you out of the dysfunction of those that have come before you. You are a curse breaker, which means you don't have a point of reference for what it, what it is to not operate under that curse. So that means you're going to have to make sure my government's working in your life. Say, deal with it. Say it again. Say, deal with it. 
Now, we talked about this woman and this woman with the issue of blood that we were looking at, or the flow of blood, the New King James says. And we found out she did two things to deal with her issues. You remember the first one? She changed her what? Atmosphere. There are certain atmospheres that cause impossibilities to become possible, while at the same time there are certain atmospheres that cause everything to become impossible. Why do you think that God, Jesus, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Sid can do. Why do you think that even he couldn't do certain things in certain places? So what are you talking about? If you read the Gospels, you'll find out that there were certain places, in particular for Jesus. It was the place where he grew up and everybody knew him as little Jesus. And since everybody knew him as little Jesus, they were not able to see him in the fullness of his magnanimity of his power. So they looked at him as little Jesus, Joe and Mary's child. They didn't understand that little Jesus was actually your daddy. You didn't hear what I just said. They didn't understand that. And so because they didn't understand that, Jesus says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own home among his own people. And Jesus said, I, I, it's not that, that, that I don't want to do great things here. I can't do great things here because the atmosphere ain't right. That, that's why when praise and worship's going on, that's not a time for you to miss so you can come in and hear the word. Because by the time you come in to hear the word, you ain't got your spiritual atmosphere right. And so then I'm trying to minister to you, but you ain't getting it. And you're trying to figure out, well, why am I not getting it? You ain't getting it because your atmosphere is jacked. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even God couldn't do certain things in certain places because the atmosphere was jacked up. That's why God made places before he made people. Because when people would get in the proper places, the places would produce what they need. Did you hear what I just said? The first thing she did is she changed her what? Atmosphere. When you were unclean in the scripture, you had to stay around other unclean people because y'all had to have an unclean camp. No, it, it literally was such. It was so that <clears throat> when you were unclean, you were shut away from the camp for seven days for every day of your unclean, that you were unclean. Got it? So they literally had to shut them out of the camp. We see this happen even in the book of Numbers with Miriam. When Miriam was made unclean, she was given leprosy, and she had to get shut out of the camp. So check this out now. When you were shut out of the camp, you had to be with other people who were shut out. So imagine their conversations. They had low-level conversations. Imagine their thinking. They had low-level thinking. See, see, that's why it's so important that you're very careful who you call friend. It, it's, very it's, very, it's, it's very important that you're careful who you allow to have access to speak to you and access to your ear because your ear is the gateway in which change comes. Did you hear what I just said? Your ear is the gateway from which change comes because the scripture says that when something comes, it first begins as a thought and then that thought then becomes an action. And so now if I'm not careful who I'm letting talk to me, I'm going to get thoughts in me that are going to produce actions from me that are going to get me messed up, jacked up and cursed. Did you hear that? So then what we got to do then is make sure like this woman, does she change her what? Atmosphere. Is your home a home of prayer or is it a home of hell? Is your cubicle, because you can't control, you, 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 you can't, well, let me tell you, I ain't even going to say that. Uh, if, if you realize you're an atmosphere changer, and, and you're a thermostat, not a thermometer, so you're not supposed to go in places and read the temperature. You're supposed to go in places and set the temperature. You missed what I just said. Which means even if you go on your job and there's a bunch of chaos and foolishness going on, everybody know when you show up, it's going to be some peace. 
Everybody know when you show up, it's all that foolishness and hell. That's getting ready to calm down. Say atmosphere. Atmospheres can produce and change anything if the atmosphere is right. Second thing she did was she changed her what? Attitude. Say attitude. Hear me and hear me well. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you praise. I don't care how much you fast. I don't care how much talent you have. I don't care how gifted you are. I don't care how good looking you think you are. None of that makes up for a bad attitude. I said none of that makes up for a bad attitude. God says, I don't need you to just have a good attitude. I need you to have a God attitude. What is a God attitude? Let's get her done. Let me say it another way, another way for you. Let's get the job done. A God attitude says, yes, it's a lot of chaos going on down there, but let there be. And Genesis, when God, the scripture says the spirit was hovering over the face of the waters and over the deep, which means the water was all there and the land, it was not created. The land come from out of the water, which meant Noah's flood wasn't the first flood. That's Bible college kind of stuff. The scripture says, watch this, that God began by saying a couple of words. He said, let there be. And the first thing he says is, let there be light. Somebody say light. What God was really saying is, let there be me. Because if I get me in this atmosphere, I, since I'm a thermostat and not a thermometer, things are going to start to change. Because the question becomes is, what was going on in the earth uh, in Genesis? Well, we find that out from Revelation chapter 12, that Satan was cast out of heaven, him and one-third of the angels. So what's going on at earth in Genesis? Satan's down there raising all kinds of hell. And as Satan is down there raising hell, God says, okay, I had enough of this. Let me set the temperature. See, when you get sick and tired of, uh, of enough of that and enough of that, you're just going to walk in and say, let me set this temperature. M matter of fact, if you're in your house, you even do that. When somebody don't know how to get it quite right. Okay, come on, parents, because you know you send your kids and you say, put it on 73, but, but it don't feel like 73. And so you walk in there yourself. Come, don't look at me like you don't do that. And you walk in there and say, let me just do it myself. Because evidently you ain't setting it right. The God kind of attitude is, I don't have time to sit here and curse the darkness. Let me just turn on the light. The God kind of attitude says, I don't have time to sit here and complain. It's so dark. I don't have time to sit here and complain about that. Do you know darkness never argues with light? What do you mean by that? Go home and turn your light on. Now, do you see the darkness that was in your house arguing with the light? Listen, man, you need to give me a few more minutes before you turn these lights. No, when you turn on the light, all of a sudden, all the darkness has to flee. And I'm here to tell somebody in 2012, maybe I'll talk to this side of the church because maybe they're going to get it. In 2012, God says, Turn that light on. Quit complaining about what you don't have. And quit complaining about what's not right. Stop cussing out the darkness and turn on the... But the truth is that there is another man that had to deal with some issues in his come to Jesus meeting. And that's a man I'm going to talk about at the next experience. Stand on your feet. Say, it's a new year. I'm ready to get it started. Now, let me give you some real practical things you can do. You can do stuff like go home and clean your house. <laughs> Wait a minute, y'all was shouting when I was talking about don't 
Yeah, you church folk or something else. Hear me. There's, 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 there's some stuff you can go home and do to get it started. You said, well, what, what, what is it? What is it that I can do? Clean your car out? Here's the thought. Get it washed. I found something. People in clean cars and clean houses and clean clothes feel good about themselves. He said, Bishop, I ain't got no clothes. You and you blessed because your church got a bunch of them. And after this experience, you can go avail yourself to some, some clean clothes. But hear, hear, hear me, hear me, hear me. If you're going to get this year started, and you're going to get this year started right, what did we read? Do not remember the former things. Don't bring that 2011 up in here. I had some conversations with some folk yesterday and, and different folk and leaders and different things. And, I, and I, I brought them in and some of them, I snatched them up. I said, now look at here. See, sometimes you, some of y'all need to do that to your children. You just, just, and no, it's a love snatch. You ain't got to be, no, it's just, look, look, just come here, baby. Just come here. I just want to talk to you. Why are you putting on? I just want you to be close to me. Just to be close to you is where I want to be. And I said, look at here. I'm not dealing with that, that, or that in 2012. I said, so I want to make sure you understand. Matter of fact, can we do that one time? Do I'm not dealing with that in 2012. I said, so now if you got plans on doing that, I just need to let you know you ain't part of my 2012 plan. It's some, it's some, folk, it's some friends and things and folks you got to snatch up in your life. I say, I just need to tell you something. We spent a lot of time on the phone gossiping last year. And I need to tell you something. I am not doing that in 2012. Because since I've been warned on it, if I proceed in it, I'm going to be cursed for it. Bow your hands with me, God. We're ready to get it started. We're ready to get it started. Behold, you have done a new thing. We do know it. Now it is springing forth. Give us the grace to change our attitudes. Give us the grace to change our atmospheres. We got too much to accomplish. Too many great things to do. Too many souls to win to Jesus. Too many, too many campuses. to. We got too much to do. But we got the right amount of time. <laughs> With the head bowed and eyes closed, hear me, on this first day of this new year, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you, the first thing you need to get started is a relationship. That's the first thing you need to get started. And you can do that in this worship experience today. I said, Bishop Foreman, you don't know about my sin. You don't know about my issues. Can I tell you something? It really is not even the question on the table. We ain't talking about your issues. We're talking about the issue healer. We're not talking about you. We're talking about him. Quit being so self-centered. It ain't about you. We're talking about him. We're talking about what he did for you. Behold, God says, I will do a new thing. Somebody say new thing. Say it again, new thing. Say it again, new thing. Don't even bring 2011 up. 
And if you need to know Jesus, today's your day to know him. But secondly, maybe you've given your life to the Lord before, but you've not been serving him and walking with him, and you need to rededicate yourself to him. This is your moment to do that as well. It's not often that I like closing a worship experience without giving people an invitation to Christ because after all, what is it that we came here for? Yes, to get fed. Yes, to get edified. Yes, to get the word. But at the same time, the scripture says that people ought to be coming to Jesus. And we thank you for it. With your head bowed and eyes closed, if you need to come to Jesus for the first time or you need to come back for the 5th, 11th time, that's all right because he loves you and his arms are open for you. And what better day than the first day of a new thing than to get things right with Jesus. If either one of those is you, on the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up. Don't think about it because you won't do it. On the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up because there's something we're going to put in your hand. Now, you might say, Dr. Foreman, I've done this a few months ago, but I'm not sure. There's nothing wrong with you being sure. How crazy for you to leave a place of safety not being sure that you're safe. Be sure. If that's you, you need to come to Christ and rededicate yourself. On the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up right where you are. We're going to put some in that hand. And when you do that, you're going to hear us go bananas for you. Are you ready? One, two, three. If that's you, throw that hand up. Hallelujah. 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 I said you're going to hear us go bananas for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody everywhere, say this to me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess my sin before you. I realize my way isn't the way. But Father, I believe God sent you to die in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. If it's my first time ever uttering these words, as of this moment, I am a born again believer. Let's get it started. I'm ready for the new thing. I'm ready for a new day. In Jesus' name, you ought to just celebrate God this morning. I said you ought to just celebrate God this morning. Somebody shout, let's get it started in here. Hallelujah. Hug two or three people around you. Tell them that you love them, and we're going to check out what's happening at your campus this week. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.